Welcome to Banking on KC. I'm your host, Kelly Scanlon. Thank you for joining us. With us on this episode is Mindy Corcoran, founder of the Faith Always Wins Foundation and author of a new book, Healing a Shattered Soul. Welcome, Mindy. Hi, Kelly. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's so good to talk to you again. Tell us about the circumstances that led to your founding of the Faith Always Wins Foundation. It's interesting how I can talk about this so openly because I have talked about it since literally the evening of April 13th, 2014. And if your listeners were in the Kansas City area at that time, they'll probably immediately remember where they were when they heard that there had been a shooting at the Jewish Community Center and then Village Shalom. The murders took three lives on April 13th. They were taken by a white supremacist. And the first murder was my father, William Corcoran, MD. And the second was my oldest son, Reet Underwood. He was 14 years old and a freshman at Blue Valley High School. And the third woman murdered was Teresa Lomano. Those are the circumstances that pushed me into a world I didn't really want to go into. I had no intention of leaving my company. I had every intention of staying there throughout the rest of my career. And of course, it shattered our family, but then all of our circumstances changed, and that's how the Faith Always Wins Foundation was born. Tell us about the foundation. What is its mission? What do you hope to accomplish with it? The Faith Always Wins Foundation promotes dialogue for the betterment of our world through kindness, faith, and healing. And what we focus on is our helping everyone and in everyone and anyone who is interested in attending right now for the last two years we've had remote interfaith panels and interfaith dialogue so we host interfaith dialogue conversations for people to listen and be part of and so these interfaith conversations have gone over very very well so that's a, a huge component of what we do the other really big experience that many people and hopefully many of your listeners will remember and know about is seven days make a ripple change the world. And that is a, that's a kindness experience that we host every April. What is the larger objective of those conversations? Right. And let me back up and say why the, the why is that in our particular instance, the murderer was taught hate by his family, by his father in particular. And he had a huge ignorance about Judaism, and I would assume other faiths, but Judaism in particular. And he was intending to murder Jews on April 13, 2014. What we want to help people with is not tolerance. I don't want people to tolerate one another. What we want is we want people to understand one another and have respect. Now, that does not mean that we proselytize, nor do we try to have a Jewish person become Muslim or a, or someone who's Muslim following um, Islam become Christian. We offer opportunities for people just to understand more. And I'll tell you where this came from is that, Kelly, I didn't know that much about Judaism. I had not been to a synagogue before my dad and Reet were murdered. I'd never been to any of their high holidays. I knew Jewish people and was aware that they had a different faith, but I didn't know anything about it. And I felt very ignorant. And so I was thrown into and actually threw myself into 
understanding Judaism as well as I could. And I write about that in the book you mentioned, Healing a Shattered Soul. I am very vulnerable in that book and talk about my ignorance and the fact that I grew up in a in a place where there were no Jewish people. Everyone I knew was Christian, everyone. And so it's more than tolerance. It's understanding and respect. For instance, why do Muslim women wear a headscarf? And that scarf, that cover is called a hijab. I didn't know that it was called a hijab until I took the time to learn that. And so we're offering other opportunities. There are some out there already. There are other foundations and other organizations that offer interfaith community activities. And we're walking alongside of them and hosting them for the purpose of the fact that my family was murdered because someone thought that their hate of the Jewish faith was okay. Right. And they murdered Christians, so they didn't even accomplish their objective. You, your father was just there to drop your son off for a tryout yes, for a, singing, a musical. Mm-hmm, a singing competition. Yeah. Correct. That is correct. All three of them were Christian. My dad and Reet yes. would have been considered Methodist. They were members of the Church of the Resurrection. And Teresa Lomano um, was Catholic, and she was a member of St. Peter's Parish. Every April, you host a series of events and activities. Tell us about that. Oh, I love talking about seven days. (laughs) I know you do. (laughs) I do. I hope you can hear me smiling. Um, So seven days has seven themes. Love, discover, others, connect, you, go, onward. And in the past seven years, we have created activities for the community to join us and to highlight what does it mean to love? What does it mean to discover? And we've put on really amazing activities and events. We've had wonderful speakers. Just recently, we had Dr. Isildin Abulash from Canada. He's a Palestinian doctor, and he suffered greatly in 2009. He had three of his children murdered from missile fire. He was living in the Gaza Strip, and he's now in Canada and has his own foundation. Another presenter we had was Jacqueline Miracatete. She is a Rwandan genocide survivor. She survived the Rwandan genocide at the age of nine. And then a really interesting speaker was Christian Picciolini, who is a reformed white supremacist. So we've done a lot more than that, but those are some really key individuals that we have brought into the community to help our community understand people from, you know, from where are they from and what are they doing and how, how did they survive their own tragedies? Christian Picciolini in particular, Kelly, I have to share with you, when we were discussing how to market him, we put up a billboard that said, is your neighbor a white supremacist? Mm. And we got a few phone calls and one of the phone calls was, you know, that doesn't, you're, you're supposed to be a Christian organization. And first of all, I had to correct that person and say, no, we're not a Christian organization. We are all faiths. Um, it's called Faith Always Wins and it's agnostic, atheist, Buddhism, Hinduism, pagan, you know, it's all faiths are, are allowed. And then he said, well, you must be trying to, you know, kind of like poke the bear and get our attention with that type of type of talk. I said, yes, I'm glad you noticed it. <laughs> Please come and listen to Christian Piccolini explain to us how people choose hate, because that was so eye-opening for me after losing my father and son to someone so filled with hate. I needed to understand that there are many, many ways that humans uh, of any age can take the path of hate over kindness. And our objective is to help people choose kindness. You 
started this movement here in Kansas City, but you've acquired a global following. So, so how do you reach beyond Kansas City's borders and boundaries to take this message throughout the world? Well, one way that we've done that is by having these global and broad speakers come in and then um, their followers start following us. One Another present, presenter that we had was uh, Valerie Carr, and her faith is the Sikh faith, and she's in California, and she's a producer, and, and she's written several books. And so now I've got followers from her and followers from Christian and followers from, you know, Jacqueline Muir Katete, and we have followers, yes, from all over the world because we've done a reach out to people that are different from us, that are outside of our bubble. Kansas City is wonderful and is amazing. And I can speak to that from a person who now doesn't actually live there. I bet everything I do is in and around the nucleus of how I was cared for by all of my friends and people I didn't know in the Kansas City metropolitan area. You talked about a few of the events and activities that you have, but tell our audience how they relate. Because I, I either you told me at one point or I've read about it somewhere, your activities they relate back to your father, your son, to Teresa. Talk to us about that. Yes. Yeah, so we have been very intentional how we've built everything. One big intentionality is that we created a youth advisory board initially. And now that youth advisory board is called the Kindness Youth Leadership Team. And we have about 60 applicants every year. We end up having about 20 to 25 high school students that are very active and involved in helping us create everything associated with seven days make a ripple change the world. So youth is a huge component because REIT was 14 and that's our kindness youth leadership team. Other things that are associated with my dad and REIT are our kindness walk. We will host our kindness walk in April of 2022, and we've gotten clearance from the National World War One Museum to host it there again. So on April 24th, Sunday, we will have a walk. And the tie-in to Terry Lamano and my dad and Reed are none of them were runners. They weren't runners. They were walkers. And a lot of times people have said, well, you need to have 5K. And I said, you know, they weren't runners. And I've, we've got to continue to think about how did this all come about? It came about, you know, because of them. And so those are some key things. And then when we, as a foundation, give scholarships, we have given scholarships for performing arts. We've given scholarships that the Faith Always Wins Foundation has given medical scholarships because my dad was a physician. And so those are all things that are very important and tied into the mission of what Seven Days does and means and the Faith Always Wins Foundation. Can you talk to us about some of the real changes that you've seen as a result of these initiatives and efforts? Yes, we have a lot of students who have been involved over the years, and as they have gone on to college, I can count four who wrote their college entrance essay about their work on seven days. Uh, they wrote their college entrance exam essay about the meaning of faith always wins, the meaning, the importance of understanding, the importance of having kindness. And then those students and others carry that with them. One idea in particular that is on the Seven Days website that came from a student was um, really us putting our actions out there in the public. 
when we are told about someone who has received unkind language or hate or been discriminated against, we will take action on that. And so we have that on our seven days website. You know, it's like a kindness bucket and we, we offer them a gift. We let people know this is something that anyone could do. If you see a neighbor that's being treated badly, if you're at a gas station and someone's being treated poorly, I know we tend to feel like, well, it's not our business. We shouldn't get involved, but sometimes what it takes is a look, you know, a head shake, walking close to the person that needs your help, just being physically supportive of them, um, a smile. And so those things are important ripples. And then of course there are, you know, the really big ones where if you were to really speak up and speak out on behalf of someone in a kind way. And I know you've gotten involved in some of the larger initiatives that we've all read and heard about, you know, on the news. I was interviewed a lot during right after the Tree of Life Synagogue murders. The Tree of Life Synagogue shooting happened in, well, this this October 27th, it will be three years. And I made myself available in Kansas City and came in to to just speak to our own community about that and the horrific tragedy that that was. I've also spoken in Pittsburgh. I was called to Pittsburgh to speak there. And then Kelly from my podcast platform, from Real Grief, Real Healing, I interviewed um, Rabbi Jeffrey Myers, who's the rabbi that was there and still is on staff for them. And then I just yesterday recorded a podcast with Marnie Feinberg and her mother-in-law was one of the 11 who was murdered. And Marnie Feinberg is channeling her grief in much the same way that I'm channeling mine. And she has opened a foundation and an activity called Two for Seder. So I feel like a lot of what I do is help other people grieve. And and some of the other people that I'm helping grieve had something very traumatic, similar to what I had happen. And then, then there's just the everyday grief. And I try to make myself available to help people understand that our grief is our own and we all heal from it differently. And there are steps that we can take together. We can hold hands with one another, similar to how I have held hands with Sunaina Damala. And she's one of my best friends. So unfortunately, Sunaina's husband, Srinivas Kuchibola, was murdered. And again, our Kansas City listeners will remember the shooting in Olathe, Kansas at the Austin's Bar and Grill. She's been very integral in helping with Seven Days Make a Ripple Change the World. And, and her work is on behalf of everyone in the world so that we all live in a uh, better place. You mentioned your podcast. You also have a book. The podcast, as you said, is Real Grief, Real Healing. And then your book is Healing a Shattered Soul. That was just released this year in May, so it's only a few months old. What did you hope to accomplish personally with that book? And what do you hope the book can do for others? Personally, I hoped to explain to people how completely shattered not only I was and and our family was, but how completely shattered people are when they lose someone. Because you can't see it when you look at me. And so that was a main objective was to take people into the pain and help them understand how dark it is for someone when they've had a significant trauma and then offer and explain how we've worked ourselves through it. 
So that's one big aspect of why I wrote it was to show people how painful it is and that it doesn't leave you. It never leaves you. It's as if my arm was cut off. And while I, you can't tell it, that's how I feel. I, that's, I feel that. And then the other aspect, Kelly, was the mental health despair that we were in, the high concern we had for losing our other child, our second son, Lucas, was suicidal twice. And it wasn't that we were keeping it a secret. It's just that we were living life and living through it. And it wasn't a huge topic of of conversation when we were going through it. We were literally so frightened that we could lose him. And that prompted our move to Florida. That prompted our move away from Kansas City on behalf of Lucas to help him heal I wanted people to hear and see that this can happen to other families. And if there's a family close to you or someone close to you and you're, you know, not sure how they're surviving, maybe the loss of a child or something significant in their life, then consider that it can be as dark as what my book tells you it is and be there with them, you know, and then, and then what I offer them, what I offer people in, in many chapters, and then certainly the last several chapters are all the ways that humans can help other humans get out of that darkness. So that book is Healing a Shattered Soul, and that is available through all the major book outlets, bookstores, and online, Amazon, and uh, your website too, probably. I'd like to say too that it's available through Front Edge Publishing. And if if anyone wanted to buy 10 or more books, it's just easier to come straight to me. To those who worry about what appears to be an increasingly polarized society, what would you say to them? You maintain such a positive outlook. And I know you say you can't see what go- is going on inside of you, but outwardly you, you maintain um, this posture that, that we can win. Faith always wins and that kindness always wins. What would you say to them? You know, what I'll tell you is that humans can be led down the wrong path. And the way that we get led down the wrong path is when we confine ourselves to a circle of people, a circle of voices that all say the same thing. So when we are in a circle of people that look like us, dress like us, live in our space, and all say exactly the same thing, if you're doing that, if any of you listening are, are looking around thinking, oh, that's that's where I am. I'm I'm with only people that look like me, dress like me, are in my you know, I'm in my community. I would request that you get outside your bubble and find people that don't look like you and don't talk like you and maybe don't worship like you and don't live where you live. Go see other parts of even the community in Kansas City. Because that's where when you look on TV and you see that people are angry and maybe you're not angry. Uh, and you don't know why they're angry, you need to get outside your bubble. Now, if you're angry all the time, you know, you need to have conversations with people in what I would say is a, a more curious way rather than a defensive manner. And that would lead me to talk about starting the REIT sisters. REIT is my son's name, and his name is spelled R-E-A-T. And his name was REIT Griffin Underwood. And on his 21st birthday, he spent that in heaven. And I felt really compelled to do something in his name, in his honor. And so I created REIT Sisters. And the REIT is an acronym. It stands for for Respect, Engage, Appreciate, Trust. Kelly, if everyone 
respected, engaged, appreciated, and trusted, we could move mountains. We could do so much. And so I gathered eight Black women. It ended up being nine Black women and eight white women. And I was one of those eight. And we started having Zoom calls and we have Zoom calls monthly. Um, We've read a book. We've actually read two books together. We've interviewed one another. We've shared information about foundations. We've shared information about work. We've we've just talked about things openly and it took several meetings to gain trust. So that word trust at the end is so important. And I know just walking out on the street and going to see someone, you you don't necessarily have that trust. So you've got to start with that. You've got to start with having relationships with people who are not necessarily just like you. And that's where we can become a better society. How can our listeners get involved with the Faith Always Wins Foundation or any of your programs for that matter? Faith Always Wins does have a website. It's faithalwayswins.org. And you can sign up and get on our email list. And so when we do have an activity, you'll get that email. But Seven Days Make a Ripple Change the World will be active again. If you have a child or grandchild who is a high school student, Um, in the Kansas City metropolitan area, let them know that they can apply to be on the Kindness Youth Leadership Team. If you are an adult and you want to participate in either helping mentor our Kindness Youth Leadership Team members, or you want to be a volunteer for any of the activities that we do, then you can message us, you know, at give7days.org. So I'm at mindycorporan.com. And there's kind of, they're all connected, interconnected in some way or another. We need funding and you can find that donate button on either one of our website pages to help the entities continue. And I want to mention, Kelly, it's it's not fleshed out yet, but we are considering and really starting to work with educators on creating kindness resources for middle schools and high schools. We just had... Um, two big focus group meetings and a retreat. And one of the topics that kept bubbling to the top was kindness resources under the area of social emotional learning. You have a program in the workplace as well, don't you? I do. Yes. I have a company that I started in 2018 with Lisa Cooper. She's my business partner and it's called Workplace Healing. And we are creating technology that helps managers know what to say and when to say it to their employees who have had a life disruption. Yeah, so, so very important. Again, you can go out to faithalwayswins.org and everything that Mindy has been talking about today, the different programs and so forth, they're all interrelated. If you can just remember faithalwayswins.org, you can get to all of the other websites that she mentioned and all the different programs and initiatives that she's been discussing today. And, And Mindy, just thank you for all that you do. Kelly, thank you. I appreciate that. This is Joe Close, president of Country Club Bank. Thank you to Mindy Corporan for being our guest on this episode of Banking on KC. Although Mindy has had firsthand experience with tragedy, violence, and hate, she refuses to let that define her, her family, her community, or our world. Instead, she focuses on overcoming hate with courageous kindness and by promoting dialogue and conversations that strive for understanding and respect of others despite our differences. Each of us can play a role in creating a better world. 
through acts of kindness, large and small, by reaching out and genuinely trying to understand others who may seem to be different than we are, and through active involvement in our communities. Remember, when you make a ripple, you change the world. Thanks for tuning in this week. We're banking on you, Kansas City, Country Club Bank, member FDIC. Thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of Banking on KC with Mindy Corporan. The 2022 Seven Days events kick off on April 13th. Please visit www.sevendays.org. That's www.sevendays.org for details. Thank you.